Good morning, everybody. My name is Harriet. I'm going to read the word to us all today. But before, please pray with me. Gracious God, your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Today, when we hear your voice, deliver us from hardness of heart. Help us put away everything that keeps us from persevering in your way. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, and that can be found on page 972 in the Pew Bibles. Matthew 7, starting at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is the word of the Lord. Everyone, it's great to be with you. My name's Gordon. I'm the assistant minister here. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak to us through your Son, our Lord Jesus, that we can know you and have a relationship with you, uh, possible through him. Uh, Help us, Lord, as we start this year to see how secure and how wise it is to listen to Jesus and to follow him. In his name we pray. Amen. Uh, Well, we're starting the year. Uh, looking at some of these teachings of Jesus, some of these words of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. And last week, uh, we started the year with the Great Commission, the very end of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. Uh, And today, we're looking at chapter uh, 7, Matthew 7, which is the end of uh, this bit of teaching called the Sermon on the Mount. It's a fairly well-known, fairly famous speech or body of teaching that Jesus gives, uh, Matthew 7. Uh, Now, many people... Uh, They don't seem to have a place for Christianity as a whole, but they seem to find a place somewhere for Jesus and Jesus' teachings, Jesus' words, or what they think Jesus' teachings are. Uh, For them, Jesus' teachings, they're they're great moral teachings. They're inspirational. Uh, You know, Jesus was a great teacher of ethics, of love, how to live with others in a really counter-cultural way. Way. You know, he was anti corruption, he was anti hypocrisy, uh, in kind of like a really inspirational way, right? And, you know, Christianity, well, you don't want to get too deep into that, but the teachings of Jesus, well, they're great. You know, you should think about them. I, I remember an old colleague of mine, she kind of saw herself as like a mentor for me. I remember her saying those exact words uh, to me when she found out I was a Christian. You know, Jesus, she, he's an inspirational moral teacher. You know, it's a very common view at the moment. Actually, there was an article um, I read in the Guardian newspaper a while back that it kind of ranked the speeches, the best speeches in history. And so there was Martin Luther King, you know, we'll, uh, you know I have a dream, that you know, very famous speech. There was Winston Churchill, we'll fight them on the beaches. And up near the very top, there was also Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. You know, that's the category that Jesus seems to be put in. 
by our world. One of the more, you know, one of the most inspirational teachers of the of history. Someone who can inspire you. But the irony of that is that if you look at this actual Sermon on the Mount that the Guardian was talking about, this climax, the conclusion of this famous speech that we just read, that Harry just read for us, in this passage is probably some of the most exclusive words that Jesus has said. In other words, if you really stopped to look at what Jesus is saying here, you'll see that he doesn't just want to be an inspirational teacher. He wants to be more than that in a very exclusive way. As we look closely at these words from Jesus this morning, what I hope we'll see is that you can't ignore Jesus. That's what he's saying here. You can't ignore him. You can't put him away in a category that says, you know, inspirational life words or good wisdom for life. It, he has to be more than that. Jesus' words have to be the very foundation of our lives, the only foundation. Otherwise, and this is the uncomfortable bit, otherwise it will mean our downfall and our ruin. Now, what do I mean by all this? Let's take a look at this little story that Jesus tells to conclude this famous Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. And this story, it's quite simple, really. There's a wise man, there's a successful man, and there's a foolish man, and there's a contrast. And you don't have to be a genius to work out that the message is basically be the wise man, you know, be the successful guy, not the foolish guy. But though this might be maybe a well-known story to you, particularly if you've been around at church for a while, you're familiar with Jesus' stories, it's not as straightforward as it might seem. And that's my experience as I've reflected on this passage over the years. And so the key question... Um, the key question that I want to ask is, what makes this wise man successful? What's, what makes him wise? What, what, what does he do that makes him successful? And so let's read uh, verse 24. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The wise man who built his house on the rock is the one who hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice. Now, this is the actual action that makes him wise, that makes him successful. Someone who builds his house on the rock. It's listening to Jesus. Notice, it's not just hearing Jesus' words, but it's also putting them into action, putting them into practice, like Pippi was saying here. Not just hearing, but obeying, living them out, living out what Jesus says. Now, I remember when I first got my P-plates. Uh, do you remember that feeling? It's quite a, quite a nice moment, isn't it? All the excitement, you know, you can't just wait, you just can't wait to jump in the car and go for a drive by yourself. You know, no instructor next to you, you know, talking to you, no anxious parent, kind of like, you know, that was me. Uh, Dad was very kind. He spent hours in the car teaching me how to drive. Um, and so just before I head out for this drive, drive all by myself, now that I have my peas, dad comes over and he gives me a little talk. Uh, he says, you know, just remember all the things you've learnt. Don't get distracted. Keep your eyes on the road. You know, don't play with the radio while you're driving. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Thank you, bye. Um, and so I get in the car. You can kind of see where this is going, can't you? <laughs> anyway, I'm driving around very quiet streets, you know, very safe, not fast, no one else around. Anyway, a song comes up on the radio. 
and it's a song I don't like, <laughs> and starting to irritate me, and so start looking down and start pressing the buttons, and <laughs> crack! I've just smashed my mirror against the parked car. <laughs> Thankfully, that's all that happened, and you know, nothing else, nothing worse happened, and I've learned from that, so please don't worry when you see me step in the car later on in the car park. But there's listening, and there's actually listening, isn't there? Uh, kids, you've got to listen to this. <laughs> there's actually listening. Um, a true disciple of Jesus isn't someone who just hears Jesus, who knows his words, who knows their Bible, reads their Bible, maybe knows their Bible really well. A true disciple of Jesus is someone who hears what Jesus says and actually lets it change their life. They hear and they obey. They put his words into practice. They follow Jesus. Remember, if, if you came last week, following Jesus, it's a whole of life thing. It's our whole lives. Faith is always revealed by action. Our trust always leads to behavior, change behavior and action. So if I, had, if I really had faith in the Sydney bus network, that you know, its drivers were well-qualified, well-skilled, properly skilled, that their buses were well-maintained, well if I trusted in Sydney buses, then I have no problem stepping onto the 120 bus on Penta Street into the city. Likewise, if you really trust Jesus, if you have real faith in him, you wouldn't just hear what he says, but you seek to put what he says into your life. And actually, as I reflect on the last year as a church, you know, my first year here at St. Stephen's, I've been really encouraged. You know, one of the biggest encouragements I've seen is people here at St. Stephen's not just hearing God's word every week, but trying to live it out in their lives. You know, many of you have made some big life changes, giving up time to serve, being generous with what you have, being bold in inviting your friends, your family, seeking to be more patient and kind, even though that can be a struggle, seeking to remove the idols in your life. You've done this because you want to not just hear what Jesus says, but you want to put it into action, what God is saying, into your life. And Jesus says, when you do that, you're like someone who builds their house on a foundation, on a rock. And I really love this illustration, this metaphor, this simile that Jesus uses. To hear what he says and to put it into practice is to build your life on a foundation, to build your life on him. That's what it means to be wise. That's what it means to be truly successful, to build your entire life on the words of Jesus. It also means that there are other things that you could build your life on, other things other than Jesus' words. And so we, we have to ask the question, what could you build your life on? What, whose words could you build your entire life upon? You know, what have you be, been building your life on? What have you been building your life on? It's a good question to start the year with. I remember after my first year of work as an engineer, it was the summer holidays around this time, office went into shutdown, and so my grad friends, we'd all kind of started together, we're all on the same pay bracket, we're all heading off on our first break, you know, and my friends, my grad friends, they were all heading off on a nice overseas holidays, you know, spending Christmas and New Year's traveling. And you've got to understand, this is our first real holiday, you know, not as uni students, you know, with some kind of, our first holidays with some kind of spending power. And so they were all going overseas on holidays, and I, well, I was going on a beach mission. And I remember a little thought popped into my head, actually the same beach mission that I met Ben and Nikki Wharton. Um, I remember at this moment, there was a little thought that popped into my head. You know, is, 
is this worth it? Is it really worth following Jesus and spending my well-earned holidays and leave to go on a beach mission? Now, I'm not saying that you can't go on an overseas holiday as a follower of Jesus. Don't hear me saying that. We're free. We have freedom in Christ to go anywhere on holidays. That's not my point. My point is that at that particular moment, I was confronting a temptation in my heart, a temptation that said, you know, look at how you're building your life. You know, trying to follow Jesus, trying to make decisions in your life. Look at how you're building your life. And look at how they're building their lives. And look at what you might miss out on. Maybe it was a temptation to build my life on the fruits of my worldly achievements. I mean, I was just a grad, so what had I really achieved career-wise anyway? But, you know, you think about it. The more you work, the more you earn, the more you can spend. And so you can slowly build yourself, right? And my point is that there's just a lot of things out there that we could be tempted to build our lives on. But Jesus is saying, hearing his words and putting them into practice is to actually build our lives on him. And so are there people that you listen to more than Jesus? That's the question. Maybe your peers, maybe your boss, maybe your parents, maybe the influences of our society. Of course, you know, you've got freedom to learn and listen from anyone. But what I, you know, but what if they say something that clashes with what Jesus says? At that moment, who are you going to listen to? Jesus or them? The wise person, the successful person that Jesus is talking about is the one that hears what he says and puts it into his life. That's what makes them wise. That's what makes them successful. But why? That's the next question. Why is this successful building why is this a, success, a successful building project? And we've got to keep reading. Let's read verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. If you don't put Jesus' words into practice, then you're like the guy who builds his house on sand. Now, for ages, I misunderstood this verse. In my head, I was picturing like quicksand, you know, someone trying to build a house on quicksand and it just kind of sinks, right? That's, that's actually not the picture here. Now, I used to work for an engineering, engineering company. Um, it's quite a big company. There's all these different kinds of engineers in different teams. There was electrical, that was me. There was mechanical, there was civil. And I had a friend who was a geotechnical engineer and uh, he worked with rocks and soil and ground. I actually don't fully understand what he did. Anyway, I asked him about this verse one day. I thought it was a good way of introducing Jesus to him. I asked him, hey, what's actually wrong with building on sand, building something on sand? And he said, well, actually, sand is very solid. If you build something on sand, it will stand up. There's no problem. There's actually only one problem. Um, it's when it rains. It's when it rains. That's the only problem. And that was when I actually realized what Jesus is saying here. Rain. Rain. Have a look at verse 27. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The difference between the house built on the rock and the house built on the sand was what happened when the rains came. When the storm came, when there's no rain, there's actually no problem with building on sand. When people build their lives on anything other than Jesus, when you build your life on money or career or fun experiences or having an interesting lifestyle, 
on a sunny day, your house will be fine. No problem. Your house might even look like a house really well built, maybe even the best house on the street on a sunny day. But when a storm comes, when the rains come, when life gets hard, it might not last. Think of the athlete whose whole life and identity is built on their sporting achievements. That moment they get that injury that ends their career, the moment they get old and retire and they can't run as fast anymore, their whole life kind of shatters before them. Think of how COVID has hit our global economy and how people who've built their lives on their wealth, you know, start looking at the, the numbers dropping, dropping on their, on their portfolios, account numbers, you know, and see that their life is shattering before them. If you build your life on things like your wealthy achievements, on your wealth, even your relationships, you're building, Jesus says, you're building on sand. They'll stand up on a sunny day, on a sunny day it'll be fine, but when the storms of life come, they won't last, and your life will fall crumbling down. The only foundation, the only one who can withstand these storms of life is Jesus and his words. If you build your life on him, your life will be secure forever. And friends, this is true wisdom. This is true success. To build your life, is to to build your life on Jesus is to listen to his words and put his words into action, to let them shape your life. And so as we look, as we look to the year ahead, let's hold on to this truth. Jesus is the only solid foundation for your life. Not only for the trials and hardships of life. Yes, when the storms of life come around, when sickness comes, when you lose your job, when a relationship breakdown happens, yes, even in these storms of life, Jesus will be your solid foundation through that. But there's a bigger storm coming, friends. There's a bigger storm coming. There's a storm coming that no house can withstand except for those that are built on Jesus. And that's the storm of the final judgment. And when that storm comes, unless you're with Jesus, unless your foundation is on him, you won't stand a chance. And so if you're looking back on last year and maybe you've realized that you've been building your life on sand, on something other than Jesus, maybe this is a moment to confess that, to ask Jesus to help you, to listen to him, and to live out his words. I think it would be a very wise thing to do as we start the year and Uh, At the end of the sermon, I'm going to pray and I'll invite you to join me in that prayer. But there's one more implication that I want us as a church to think about. Uh, We've had lots of floods, haven't we, recently in our country? Very tragic tragic floods. And I remember on the radio, uh, they were talking about this and they they got like flood experts and, you know, dam experts, um, you know, people that work in that industry to come on the show and give their opinion. And look, I know there's, it's quite political, this kind of stuff, and that's not where I want to go. But when I was listening to this show on the radio, they got this flood expert came on the show. And he was asking, you know, we've done all the analysis. We've done this for ages. You know, couldn't we have seen, couldn't we have stopped this? You know, we've all predicted, you know, in our labs. We've, we all know this is coming. We all knew this was going to happen, that there was always a flood risk in this area. Couldn't we have warned people earlier? so they can move to safer ground. They wouldn't have to lose their houses and all that. Couldn't we have warned them? And friends, we know that judgment is coming. Jesus is coming back. 
that we know that when that final storm comes, if we trust in Jesus, we will be safe. We'll be secure because our lives are built on Him, the solid rock, Jesus, the incarnate Word of God. We will be safe in Jesus when that storm comes. But we also know that there are so many people, so many people in our world, our friends, our family, our neighbours, they're all building their houses on sand. Their houses might look secure and safe now. They might look really nice houses. But when, their final, when that final storm comes, they don't stand a chance. Could we not warn them now? Could we not warn them before it's too late? Friends, this is why as a church we're on mission. This is why we want to go and make disciples of the nations. This is why we want to bring our friends to faith. This is why we don't just long to be beautiful and diverse, but also large. Not because we want to build a brand for ourselves, no, but because we want to see many, many people saved on that final day, from that final judgment. And the only way they can be saved is by Jesus. Let's pray. Our loving Father, thank you that in the storms of life, you provide us a refuge. You provide a shelter in yourself, in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he's not only our refuge in the hardships of life, but that he's our salvation and refuge on that final judgment day. And Lord Jesus, we want to confess that we have not always listened to you and built our lives on you, been tempted to build our lives on other things, things that are just sand. And Lord, we're sorry. Please give us the wisdom and the strength to repent. Help us to listen to your words above anyone else, to put them into practice. And Lord, help us as a church to reach out in love to others who are building houses on sand, that we might plead and persuade them to come to the only refuge from judgment. That's our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. In his name we pray. Amen.